Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, take your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. It's so good to be able to say that this morning. So, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 14, we're working our way through, doing an expository study of the Gospel of John. Uh, now, listen, when, when I read over this chapter this week, I, I realized I think there's more to this chapter than just kind of going through this chapter. I really think John 14 speaks to the time and the day in which we live. I think there's a prophetic overtone to John 14 that maybe I've never seen before, but I've never really read it in the backdrop in which we are living today. So I want you just to kind of keep it a prophetic eye and ear open to John 14 as we're kind of studying through that. So last week we were at the Passover meal, okay? Remember, Jesus said, I'm going away. Uh, they had the episode with Judas. They told Peter he was going to be denying him. And John does something that is unique to the gospel of John. John uh, inserts into the Passover meal three chapters of teaching and prayer that you don't see in Matthew and Mark. Matthew and Mark, when they start the Passover meal, it immediately chronologically goes through the events of the crucifixion, but not, not John. John adds some information here that, that's covered no other place, and I was just wondering why, why that is. Why is this what we're going to talk about today and next week not mentioned in any other Books. Well, you know, uh, when Peter had, I mean, Jesus had his group, uh, Peter, James, and John, okay? Uh, Matthew and Mark were not privileged to what Jesus was saying because John was in the cool club. Wouldn't that be great to be in the cool club, Jesus cool club? You know, so John is giving, John's giving some information that maybe the others did not have you know, they didn't have access to here, so I think it's really, you know, I think it's really important. So, so the disciples, they're at the Passover meal. Uh, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to be leaving. I'm leaving soon. Wow. Man, just, you know, took the air out of the room. Then he, then he says, one of you is going to betray me. Remember that? Wow. Judas. The, I mean, Everything that they've done up to this point is exploding on Passover dinner night. Then he says, Peter, the, the, the very center of their faith, kind of one of their leaders, he said to Peter, you're going to deny me very soon. Not just once, but you're going to deny me three different times. So, man, there's all kinds of, man, as you can understand, all kinds of uh, emotions and, and everything that they've done up to this point. Man, everything is starting to unravel before their eyes. So Jesus, sensing this uncertainty, he leads us into John chapter 14, only recorded in John, not necessarily in the other books, and here's what he says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, 
I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that where, uh, that where I am you may be also. So he starts in the midst of this chaos, this unsettling moment. Everything that they've known at this moment is kind of turned over. He starts and just says, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Now, let me, let me just say, because I want to I bring John 14 into our, into our context here. And I've, I've mentioned it. I've been, I've been pastoring a long time. And I've never seen a season like this. I've never seen a season like this. I've never seen so much fear, anxiety, discouragement, depression, uh, emotional exhaustion. People are just tired. They are just tired. We don't have a clear end, not only to the pandemic, but all of the unrest that seems to be going on in our world and our in our country, we don't have a, you know, a clean end to this. Gallup did a recent study that, or poll that said 60% of U.S. adults, adults are feeling daily stress and worry. Up from about 20, 20%, more people are feeling anxiety and fear and stress, and it's on a daily basis. It's just a regular part, it seems, of our, our life component that we live, that we live under this particular stress in our homes, at work, at, at school, and we, what we watch on the news, at, at church. People are just feeling this. And I want to say that John 14 comes at a great time when Jesus reminds us, regardless of what's going on in your life, don't let your hearts be troubled. God's in control. He starts John 14 with some reminders to them, but he starts by, by comforting his followers, reminding them about heaven. He starts with just a reminder that not everything that happens in this world is the end, but there's a better world and a better life that is coming. Sometimes we take our eyes off. We know better. We, we take our eyes off of what we know should bring confidence and stability to our life. And we're kind of like Peter. We're watching the waves and we're watching the wind. And I just want to say some of that is just understandable because this is an unusual time of life. But he says, first of all, don't let your hearts be troubled because there is a better day coming. The season in which you live, the life in which you live, the world in which you live is not the end of God's plan. He's got eternal life and a hope of heaven I mean, if we'll be faithful to Jesus unto the end. We're not meant to die. Do you know that? We're not meant to die. Man, we're, gonna, we're going to live forever. So he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he gives them a little glimpse of what heaven's going to look like. Have you ever done this? Like, you got vacation coming up. Have you ever kind of daydreamed about your vacation? Just kind of look ahead. Or, man, for whatever reason, you get an email or on social media and it's got a cruise 
or got a picture of Hawaii with the palm tree and the sun going down, if you just ever allowed yourself just a few moments just to kind of daydream to, to what might be coming, am I the only one? I know you do. I know you do. All right? So let's take a moment this morning. Can we just daydream just a little bit? Can we just take just a little glimpse, just a little glimpse about the world that is to come? Because I want to remind you, what you see here now is not God's last act. It's not the last thing that God is doing. He's got something else in store and through like revelations and other places, he just gives us little glimpses of what it's gonna what it's gonna be like. So let's daydream. Now let me say first of all, heaven, if heaven is going to be having wings and playing a harp, can I just tell you that sounds kind of boring to me? Can I just be honest? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll be the best harp player that I can be. I'll be I'll fly faster than you. I mean, well, whatever we got to do, but it sounds kind of boring to me, but there's some other things, there's some other things that I want you to remember about heaven. Let's just daydream for a moment. Number 1, we get a new body. We get a new body. Every morning, we wake up, bones popping and cracking and Sounds like the 4th of July when you get up. You can't, you can't move till you've had ibuprofen and some coffee. You know, just, it, you know, you're all sore and you've been in bed all night. Can I tell you, there's a day that we get a glorified body, okay? We're not going to have to worry anymore about medications, sickness, disease. We're going to be able to tear off that old CPAP and just let it go because we're going to get a new body, all right? We get a new body, we get a new home. We get a new home. Now, we've been singing in the church. I got a mansion just over the hilltop. Well, I just want to let you know that's wrong, okay? That's just wrong. I wish it was right. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms. So we're not getting a mansion. It looks like we're going to be living in a college dorm, okay? Now, it's going to be unlike any college dorm you've ever been. But you know, the Father wants all of his children at home, right? When you, you want your kids gathered, he said, my father's house, there are many rooms, okay? There's a place that he, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's been working on this. So he's going, we, we, we get a new home, uh, streets of gold, gates of splendor. I don't know what the rooms will look like, but I'm sure it will be better than the local college dorm, Okay. Can I just say, too, if you're on my floor, can we just keep it quiet after 11 and pick up your mess? That's all I want to say. All right? And I thought we get a new home. We'll be reunited with our loved ones. I mean, I really believe that. How many of you got a deposit over in heaven that you can't wait to see? (laughs) Won't that be great? Won't that be great? Some of them lived a good full life in faith, and they transitioned and translated. Some of them went, went prematurely. Some of them went in a way that that we had never, you know, that we had never planned. But I'm just telling you, there's a day of reuniting in heaven with those that have already gone. You know, it's going to be funny when some of you get to heaven and your loved ones go, oh, wow, you made it. Hey, he made it. They're going to be shocked. You'll know what they think of you. If you, get that, if you get that reception, we'll be reunited with the loved ones. We're going to get a new body. We're going to get a new home. We're going to be reunited with loved ones. We're going to join 
with people of every nationality and language. Won't that be great? I'm going to tell you something. If you've got an issue with race, heaven's not going to be your place. But if you've got an issue with race, you may not have to worry about heaven at all. All right? But I want to say in that moment, because the Bible mentions that, those of you that give to missions and you pray for missions and you support missionaries and you go on trips, that's going to be our reward at that moment. That's going to be our reward when we see every language, tribe and tongue, giving glory and praise to Jesus. We'll join from, with people from every nation and every language. We'll worship with a choir of angels. I love a good choir, but I never qualify for them. All right? We'll worship with a choir of angels. And the lyrics of the choir song, it says it's going to be 10,000s by 10,000s circling around the throne of Jesus. Boy, that's going to be a great choir, isn't it? And the lyrics have already been written to the song that the redeemed are going to sing. We're going to sing a song that says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and honor, glory and praise to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise or honor and glory forever. And then at the end of that song it says, we start singing, Holy, Holy, holy to the Lamb and every crown and jewel that He's given us at that moment we throw at the feet of our Savior. Man, that's going to be a great moment there. That's going to be a great moment. There also is a moment when we, He wipes every tear from our eyes. It says, and God will wipe all tears from our eyes. There will be no more death, mourning, crying or pain for the old things have passed away. It says no longer will there be any curse. All of that in that moment is going to be done. The moment, you know, that, that we brought the curse of sin upon us, you know, into this world. But there's a moment where that's done away and that's removed. And every tear, every pain, every sorrow is wiped away because we go into God's presence. Hey, and then the best part, the best part, the best part. Revelation 22 says we see Jesus' face. We see Jesus' face. Listen, we've learned to love someone that we have never seen. All right? We sang the old church song, Oh, I want to see him. That look upon his face. We've lived a life of faith. We've had, we, we, we've never, we've loved someone that we have never seen. But there is a day that we will not have to walk by faith anymore, but we will walk by sight. There is a moment that we will see Him as He is. We will behold His glory. And let me tell you, that is going to be a fantastic moment. No more walk of faith anymore. We're going to see him as he is. Now, can I tell you when we see him, and maybe he doesn't look like Jesus of the chosen, don't be thrown off by that moment. It's all good. Just keep worshiping, okay? So I just, I want to tell you, Jesus, in the midst of all the turmoil that the disciples were, were feeling at that moment, wanted to remind them, hey, that this life 
is not the only life he, we ha- uh, that, that there is, but there is a life to come. And I want to remind you this morning, in the midst of this terrible season that we live in this world, man, there is a heaven that, that is not our home. I'm a citizen of another country with a passport already, already stamped and ready to go. This is not the end of what God does through the grave or through the trump. One day we'll stand in the presence of Almighty God. Listen, I'm excited about that. He starts there. Don't be troubled. I know everything's upsetting to you right now. But don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. Then it reminds him about heaven. When he gets through with that, in verse 4, he says, You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. An interesting answer. How do we know where to go? How do we know where the way is? So normally, when we give directions, we are going left and right to the final destination. You need to go here, 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 and that will lead you to the final destination of where you want to go. Jesus doesn't deal with directions. He goes straight to destination. I'm the way. I I am the way. I'm the one you're looking for. All your needs are met in me. Everything that you want, everything that your heart desires, I am the way. I'm the ultimate destination. Can I say that to you this morning? If you're not a follower of Jesus, man, I want you to to really look and and pray and open yourself because He's the destination. All of your questions, all of your, your life issues can be answered in Jesus. I'm the way. I'm the ultimate destination. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the truth. So being a follower of Jesus is not just the accumulation of knowledge. You know, like he is the ultimate of all searching, all questions, and answers. He's the, you know, he, he's the ultimate truth. But being a follower of Jesus is not just the accumulation of large quantities of religious knowledge. This truth has a liberating component to it. This truth will do something In your life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And then he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Once you come to the knowledge of Jesus, this just isn't ultimate Bible quiz, but there is a liberating fact that comes with the truth of Jesus that you can be set free from your sins. You can be given a new life in Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the truth. Not only will you know about me, but once you know about me, this truth will do something in your life. It will set you free from the slavery of sin. And then he says, I am the life. I am the life. People have different ideas of what serving Jesus is like. Many of them, you know, like, they just think serving Jesus is boring. You know, like, okay, well, I'll become a follower of Jesus. And this weekend, we'll read our Bible and we'll watch Gaither videos and drink some milk. 
You know, it's just, they, they just equate. But you don't understand. He said, I'm the life. I'm the life. And I, I don't know about how you serve God or what your perception is. But I'm going to tell you, this, this life that I've served from Jesus is a lot of things, but boring it is not. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the life and the joy and the peace and the contentment internally that he gives me. I am thankful for my friends and my church and, and all the things that God has done in my life. Truly, he is the life. It is a life filled with joy and, and passion and love. And if you think it's anything else than that, man, you, you just don't know. It's a joyful life. It's a great life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then he says, no man comes to the Father except through me. He's just reminding us. And it's a reminder to this world, okay? I mean, there's all... There's, there's, there can be all other pathways, attempted pathways to Christ, you know, uh, uh, benevolence and charity. And, but he's just reminding us, I am the way. I am the ultimate destination. I am the truth. Everything that you know, you know, want to know can be answered in me, but there will be a liberating truth. I am the life. It's a full life, full of joy. And the only way that you find that is through me, Okay. He says that. He says that. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, maybe you're here today. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your faith background is. But I want to tell you, give Jesus an opportunity in your life. Make Jesus Lord of your life. It will be a day you'll never forget. I promise you that. Verse 15, all right? So it reminds him about, about heaven, okay? And then he says this, same context, same people, same kind of gathering, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate to help you uh, and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you, and he will be in you. Verse 18, look at this. I will not leave you as orphans. Very important. I will come to you. Before long, the world won't see me anymore, but you'll see me because I live and you will live also. And I'm going to fast forward to one verse in a couple of chapters where he talks about the Holy Spirit. But verily, truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Okay? So he's, and he uses the term orphans because in their mind, that's what they're thinking. All right, he, he has been here, and he is gone, and we are on our own, okay? And he's reminding them, yes, I am going, but you will not be left alone. Actually, it's for your good that I leave, because when I leave, the Holy Spirit is going, the Holy Spirit is going to come. Now, I want to say that there are wonderful people you know, who are believers like us who believe that the work of the Holy Spirit in this present age, you know, either passed away with the apostles or the appearance of the New Testament. They can't figure out which one, you know, they, they kind of want to go with, you know, but I completely disagree. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is available for the church today. I believe He sent, you know, listen, listen, He sent the Holy Spirit into a very dark time in the church world. He sent the Holy Spirit when the disciples were grieving 
over the loss of Jesus. He sent the Holy Spirit when, when the church was living under military, Roman military occupation. He sent the Holy Spirit when there was great persecution that was coming that was coming to followers of Jesus so he sent the Holy Spirit in a very dark hour and I want to remind you this morning the Holy Spirit is active and alive today and he's here for 2021 and he's going to bring us the church and believers through everything that we are facing right now we need the Holy Spirit. And He is reminding them, Hey, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And I believe He gave the Holy Spirit to believers in this church for this present hour. For this present hour. Can I just remind you of a few things? The Holy Spirit can help us right now. He's here. He said, I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm not. Actually, you're going to be better off. When the Holy Spirit comes, so the Holy Spirit prays for us, and He prays with us. He is our lifetime prayer partner. When you are down, when you are discouraged, when you don't think that you've got anything else left in the tank, you've got the Holy Spirit that is there by your side. Not only is He praying with you, He intercedes for you when you feel down and discouraged and depressed. It is the Holy Spirit that prays with us. He helps us to live supernaturally. He helps us to live supernaturally. He asks us to do things that we could not do on our own. But He wants to use us in supernatural ways that are beyond our own natural, you know, our own natural and human abilities. There are things that He wants us to do, a way that He wants to use us in this moment that we cannot do on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. He is for this hour, it is for the church in this hour. He helps us to know when our actions are displeasing. He empowers us to live an overcoming life in this present world. Okay, I told you. Man, they were in bad shape. They were in bad shape in Acts chapter 2. They had a lot of things going against them. But they began to pray and the Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit filled them. And they, they began to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was in that moment... And it was in that moment that they started doing great things for God. And I just want to say, man, this is the moment. If we've ever needed like a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is the moment that we need. We've got, we've got this great power that He sent for us. Let's just don't think, man, that's old. That's something that's in the past. It is present. It is life-giving. It's for the church, and it's for today. Amen? It is. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need it right now. And there are people, if I said, man, how many of you are just tired? You're just exhausted. Look in your heart. Listen, man, there, there's a refreshing that comes from the Holy Spirit. There's a fresh anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit. In this moment, listen, He's filling us. He's empowering us. Not not just for ourselves, but He wants to use us in this, in this moment. The, the world is primed for harvest, and we need an energized church. So in John 14, He does a couple of things. He reminds them about heaven, okay? He starts instructing them about the Holy Spirit, okay? 
at their lowest moment, here's the things that he's given them. You got the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you through this. And then he says, verse 27, peace I leave to you. My peace I give. I don't give you, give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. He speaks to them about heaven. Hang on. Hang on to the church. Heaven's coming. I know you're in a tough time. I know you're in a tough time. We're going to be there one day. Reminds them about heaven. He said, but I'm going to give you something now. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you. He's going to help you and walk with you through this. But then he says, because we've got to have some stuff now. All right? Peace I leave. I'm going to give you peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. See that scripture? Leave that scripture up there for a moment. Look at that passage. Peace I leave with you. All right? Not the world's peace. Not the world's peace. It's, it's God's peace. All right? Look at that. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. I'm telling you, that's a word for today. That's a word for today. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. I'm going to give you a peace that is going, that's going to sustain you. Let me tell you, anxiety, fear. Man, we, we're all kind of going through it. Wow. It's been, I mean, how, how, if you had to put words on, a, on paper to describe just emotionally and spiritually what we've gone through, man, how would you even articulate that? Anxiety, anxiety, fear, anxiety, a feeling of worry, nervousness or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Anybody walking through that? Anybody been walking through that? Just kind of this worry, this nervousness, this just uneasy heart about, and look, it's not just the pandemic. Man, our nation is just fraying at the seams morally, you know? I mean, we're, we're in bad shape. And then we double down this week and, and try to pass a bill with abortion up to nine months. I mean, we are poking our finger in God's face. All right? So, I mean, I, I, I look at this stuff and I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Some of it's understandable because people that, that have like a, a biblical view, you understand kind of what, what's happening in relation to, to God's Word. And, and some of this stuff... Especially if you come, you know, from a, you know, kind of the emotional, kind of a mental background where, I mean, it's tough for you to move on. Some of this stuff cycles through your mind all the time, almost 24-7. It's just always there. Man, you find yourself like captivated, captivated by, you know, captivated by fear, okay? But I want to remind you something. He said, I'm going to give you peace. Not a world, not the peace of the world. I'm going to give... I'm going to give you peace. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Okay, now listen. God's peace is not the absence of conflict, but rather a calm assurance that God is in control in the midst of your storm. Okay? All right, so God's peace is not the absence of conflict. If you don't have any conflict, you don't need God's peace. You're just having a good day. Hey, <laughs> God bless you. You know, hey, you need to be praying for some folks if that's you, all right? 
God's peace is not the absence of conflict. When we have a God peace, man, it's in the midst of storm. It's in the midst of trial. And I don't see it ending. I don't even understand why it's here, what I'm going through, or when it's going to end. But God's peace is a peace that I can have in the midst of what I'm going through. That's the peace of God. Okay? So I'm just saying to the church, in the midst of everything going on right now, we don't need to wring our hands and be worried because God's in control. God's in control. All right? So I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have peace. I'm going to walk in God's peace. I'm going to pray for God's peace at the, end of, at the end of this service. Some of you got all kinds of other things going on in your life. And you feel kind of like fear has been an anchor to you and worry has been a, and anxiety has been, a, has been a, 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 a problem for you. Listen, I don't know when your problems go away, but I'm going to pray that in the midst of that, you're just going to feel peace. You're not going to be pacing the floor at the middle of the night. You're going to be able to sleep. You're going to be able to eat. Yeah, maybe there's stuff still out there. But God's peace is not the absence of conflict. God's peace is that the calm assurance that he is in control, even though a storm may rage in my life. God's peace comes to you through prayer. Okay? Listen, look at this. You you could quote this, but I think it's important. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, look at this. By prayer, prayer, petition, with thanksgiving... Present your request to God, okay? And look what he says the result will be. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, okay? So when we pray, when we pour our heart out to God, he said, when you do this, man, there's a peace that comes when you do Thanksgiving and you do, you know, uh, um, you know, all kinds of different, different prayer. He says, don't be anxious, but that anxiety will go away and it can be replaced. Man, when you worship and you pray, that anxiety can go away and the peace of God will take over. And he said, the peace of God is going to guard your heart, okay? And it's guard your mind like a helmet, So when the enemy, after you're walking in that peace, tries to come and bombard you and get you anxious and fearful and worrying, no, no, because the peace of God, God's given me his peace, but it's it's guarding my heart, it's guarding my heart, and it's guarding my mind. Anybody default back to anxiety, worry, and prayer? You do good for about 30 minutes, don't you? Oh, I know I'm preaching to you. You do good for about 30 minutes, and then we default and we live in anxiety and fear. He's like, no, I don't want you to do that. I want it to be the other way around. I want you to walk in the peace of God. The peace of God says, yeah, I know there's some stuff out there, but you know what? God's in control. God's in control. The creator of the ends of the universe is calling the shots for me. The one who saved me and called me and redeemed me and has a plan and purpose for my life. He's watching over me and he's covering me with his peace. So he's in control. So I'm just going to relax. Remember Jesus sleeping in the boat? 
you know what? Some of you haven't had a good sleep in a long time. Literally, you haven't. Anxiety and worry and fear. Man, you can't sleep over an hour or two, all right? Jesus went to sleep. There was stuff going on. But he knew that God was in control. So why worry? Let's go take a nap. So can I remind you tomorrow? Go take a nap. Unless you're an employee of Generations Church, so we're going to be working all day, but just, just rest. He said, I'm going to give you a peace. This is at the end of John 14. I want you to think about heaven. It's at the end. Just endure. Hang on. The Holy Spirit, I'm giving it to you right now. But also, I'm going to give you peace. I don't want you walking around with anxious anxiety and worship. Okay? I mean, anxiety and worry. Worship team, you can come. You can come. All right? So John 14 is for this moment. John 14 is for this moment. Heaven is around the corner. And that's okay with me. That's okay with me. If I hear a trumpet blast, let me tell you, I'm gone. I'm in God's presence. All right? I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to that day. My family gathers at the, at the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Won't that be great? But until that day, until that day. So we just took a little vacation. We just took a little daydream. All right. Let me bring you back to reality. We got work to do. We're living in a really difficult time right now. Okay. That we need God's presence to sustain us. But also God wants to use us in this moment as well. So it's not just about me, but it's about others as well. He wants us to have and have his peace. A couple weeks ago, I got a, I had a call from a, a pastor. He's a friend of mine. He said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm, I'm resigning in a couple weeks. I said, I just feel like this season is, is over in my life. I'm like, okay, wow. He said, hey, I'm, you know, he said, man, if there's any way that you could help me, you know, uh, you know, in a new place. I said, man, I'll do, I'll do what I can. I said, but I, I want to ask you a question first. I want to ask you a question. I said, are you, uh, do you really sense the end of, of, of this ministry here? Or are you just tired and exhausted and weary? And this is kind of a, maybe an easy, easy way to kind of offload the, the burden. And they just said, you know, I really, I hadn't really thought of it. He said, but I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. So I'm just tired. And I said, hey, I, man, I understand that. I understand that. And I just prayed with him. I, I encouraged him. But it, it, just made me, it just made me think, man, as we keep walking through this, people are making decisions just based on being exhausted, <laughs> just being tired. They're making huge light, you know, because this has been tough. I mean, it's been... We're, we're, you realize in a few months, we're, we're two years into this thing, you know? You get tired, you get weary. I mean, I understand that. I understand that. But I want to tell you, God hasn't forgotten you in this moment. God hasn't forgotten the church. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't gotten, forgotten the church, okay? So in a, in a moment, they're just going to come. We're going to do baptisms in just a moment. In a moment, they're just going to come and lead a song of worship, Man, I really want us to let the Holy Spirit just minister to us today. And, and as they kind of sing, if you're kind of, I mean, just dealing with some fear and anxiety and 
some emotional just exhaustion, just not, man, just like ready to, man, I don't know if I can make it another a season in this. First of all, there is no criticism about that because everybody understands what we're kind of walking through here. But man, if you want to come just find a place and at the, at the altar and, and pray, man, you're more, than, you're more than welcome to. But I'm just telling you, remember John 14. He reminds us of heaven. Hang on. Hang on. He's going to help us right now. He's giving us the Holy Spirit. He's going to help us right now. But he's also going to give us peace as well. Doesn't want us walking around worry and weary. Okay? Would you stand? Brent, just lead us in a, a song of worship this morning. Let's just we're going to do baptisms in just a moment. But let's just take a moment in God's presence today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Can we so, just do that? So I pray. I pray for those who are walking just through a season of anxiety and fear, apprehension. Oh, God, just discouragement. Lord, we pray today. We pray. I pray. I just pray. Lord, they'll just sense the the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit. I pray for those, and you know who you are. I pray for those you're just tired, you're worn out, you're weary in your heart. Lord, I just pray for the refreshing power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, the energizing power. Lord, you said you would not leave us as orphans, but you're going to send the Spirit. And Lord, you sent it for this hour. You sent it for this hour. And Lord, I pray. I just pray today for a church world and believers who, who might be weary and worn out. Lord, walking through fear and anxiety. Lord, I, I embrace them. I don't criticize or throw a stone. Lord, I've been there myself. But I just pray the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit would just be upon them. Can we just worship Him just for a moment? If that's you, man, would you just take a moment and say, Lord, I just need your touch this morning. Lord, I just need the presence of God. I just need the power of God. Lord, I pray for those that need peace. Lord, you said you would give it, not as the world gives. You tell us not to be fearful or afraid or troubled. And I pray for that peace this morning. Lord, Lord, I pray in the midst of the in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the storm, I pray for a calming peace. God, a, a peace that will sustain us. Lord, a peace that we're going to make it through this. Lord, I pray. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Hey, just take another moment. Say, Lord, I just need your peace today. I just need your peace. I just need your peace. Is that you this morning? Walking in turmoil, upset, all the time, anxious. Lord, we pray for the peace of God. I pray for the peace of God. Lord, I pray for those that walk in anxiety. Lord, I pray. I pray this morning, Lord. I pray over them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.